Hey, good morning and welcome to this week's online worship experience. I'm Pastor Anthony and thanks for inviting us into your living room today. As we dive into a brand new series called Under Pressure, why don't you secure your YouVersion Bible app, hit the menu button, go to live events and type in North Park Church and all of today's scriptures and notes are gonna be right there for you. Let's get ready to dive in today under pressure. 2020 has been a beast. Who would have ever thought when we entered March of 2020 that we would be in the position that we are in right now? I mean, can you believe that was just like four months ago and it feels like it was four years ago. And in four months, this world has changed so much. I mean, think about it. A worldwide pandemic gets dropped on us. And in the middle of that, George Floyd is killed and all hell literally breaks loose in our community, in our city, in our state, and in our nation. And if you take either of those two events... Individually, those are major crises, and just one of those alone is enough to deal with. But then you stack them on top of each other. It creates pressure. And then you take those and add those on top of your already stressful life. Let's be honest. Take COVID out of the picture. Take our fight for racial equality out of the picture. Just your work life is stressful. Just your family life is stressful. You deal with family drama and health concerns and struggles, not to mention that many of you are dealing with financial fallout because of losing jobs or loss of wages because of this pandemic. Man, that's a lot of things that we deal with in our life. Many of you are leaders in your field and you're trying to manufacture energy and motivate people in your job and in the community, but yet they feel exactly the way that you feel. And that is completely exhausting. So here's a question we often ask. So how are you doing? In the middle of everything that's happening in our world today, in the middle of everything that's happening in your family and in your life, how are you doing? Now, when I ask that question to other people, here is the most frequent answer to that question. I'm just tired. I'm tired. You feel it. I feel it. We all feel it. I'm reminded of the prophet Elijah. Elijah was a rock star for God. I mean, think about it. I don't know many Christians who have prayed fire down from heaven on their resume. But if you look at Elijah's resume, it's there. And talk about an exit. My goodness. Elijah and his partner in ministry, Elisha, they're walking down the road in 2 Kings 2 and 11. Listen to what scripture says. As they were walking along and talking, suddenly a chariot of fire appeared, drawn by horses of fire, and it drove between the two men, separating them. And Elijah was carried by a whirlwind into heaven. Think about that for a second. Elijah was a pretty special guy. He was the man. But like you and like me, many of us, 
Elijah struggled with anxiety, stress, and depression. We see it in Scripture. In fact, 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 3 and 4, we kind of get a, just a snapshot of what's happening in Elijah's life. It actually says Elijah was afraid and he fled for his life. He went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servant there. That's an important part of the story. And then he went alone into the wilderness traveling all day and he sat down under a solitary broom tree and he prayed, not that his situation would get better, not that God would deliver him, but that he might die. And this is what he said, I have had enough. I've had enough. How many times over the last four months have you looked at your life, you've looked at your family, you've looked at your situation, you've looked at the condition that our world is in, and you've said those words, I have had enough. Now, when we've had enough, there's a few things that happen that we have to be self-aware enough to know when we're doing these things. Here's a few. When we've had enough, we overextend ourselves. I mean, we get really thin because we say yes to so many things and our attention is divided in all of these different areas. And if we aren't careful, we overextend ourselves. When we've had enough, we neglect ourselves. We don't, we don't pay attention to our physical health. We don't, we don't eat the way that we should. I actually saw this morning a friend of mine posted on social media. Here we are halfway through the year. And he said, I only set one goal for this year. And that was to lose 10 pounds. And now here we are at the halfway through the year and I only have 12 more pounds to go. Right? So instead of losing 10, he went backwards. Maybe you feel that way. You've kind of neglected yourself. When we overextend ourselves, when we neglect ourselves, here's the third thing that we'll do. And we saw it in Elijah's case. We isolate ourselves. And my goodness, that's easier than ever to fall into that trap. Here's the fourth thing we do. We only see the negative. Man, that's, that's easy to do, especially with social media and watching the news. Everything that you see is negative. My son and I got desperate enough last night. We were watching a basketball game from like last year. Uh, we just wanted to see some sports. And there was a, a sports broadcaster. I would say his name, but I don't want to throw him under the bus here. Everything that came out of his mouth, Jay Billis, was just so negative. I mean, nobody could do anything right. And finally, Micah looked at me and was like, Dad, this announcer, what's his deal? Like, he's so negative. It's just easy for us defaulting to see the negative that's happening in our world. Because if we're honest, there's a lot of negative things happening in our world. It's all about perspective. And then as a result of that, here's the fifth thing that happens. We stop putting our trust in God. We almost feel helpless. Maybe you feel hopeless. And so instead of stepping out in faith and putting your faith and trust in Him, you want to just kind of retreat back into some place of safety and isolation. But the reality is you're only putting yourself in greater danger. Like Elijah, 
You're saying, I've just had enough. So here's my question. What is your current level of anxiousness? What level do you tend to start to feel more stressed, anxious, burned out, or even depressed? What is it that gives you life? What is it that sucks the life out of you? See, I think we've got to be self-aware enough and have the emotional intelligence enough to recognize when we are in a danger zone. Last week, Nicole Lewis was here and we together talked about mental health and, and mental illness. And I shared with you my own personal struggle from years ago when, when I ended up going to a counselor. And it was in that counseling situation because of anxiety and stress that drove me there that I began to become more self-aware. And I realized I was at that place of burnout because I had layered on some pretty big life things without dealing with any of them. First of all, I lost my brother to his battle with cancer. Uh, he passed away. Then my daughter graduated from high school and went off to college. I had some other things that were happening and things were just beginning to pile up in my life. And I recognized that when you pile up three or four big things on top of me, that's when I begin to deal with stress and anxiety. Now, we're all different, and I process things differently than you do, and so what may take three or four things for me may take five or six things for you. I'm not sure how you process stress and anxiety. What we need to do is be aware enough to know at what level do we begin to feel like we're just kind of kind of losing it well once we identify that we can begin to take steps back from the ledge a little bit create some margin in our life and do some things that will give us life because there are things that will suck the life out of you but there are also things that you can do that will give you life I've come to understand there's a lot of things in my life I can't control. I can't control COVID-19. I can't control when we can come back together as a church family. I can't control racial division in our culture. I can't control a diagnosis that my wife may receive. All I can do is my part. Be faithful with what God has placed in my hands be kind to people, pray, seek God's face, and trust Him in the middle of all of these situations. But ultimately, I don't control them. But there are some things that I can control. While those things may often suck the life out of us, there are things that we can do to pour life back into us, that give us life. And those are gifts from God. Now, let me give you a few ways that I believe you can refresh your soul when you've had enough. Here's one thing. Know that God is moving even when it may be hard to see. Now, I can be a very patient person and I'm finding I'm a lot more patient with people and things that they're going through in their life. But when it comes to situations like sitting at a red light, I am not very patient at all. In fact, I can tell you the stoplights that will make you wait longer than any other stoplight in Wake County. Briar Creek and the corner of Capitol and Perry Creek. Like You don't even want to sit at those stoplights. I lose my mind if I hit a red light in those places because I know I'm going to have to wait. 
I don't like to wait in the doctor's office. Just this past week, we went to a doctor's visit for Marianne and, and what should have taken us about 45 minutes took more than three hours. It was so exhausting. Car repair. I hate sitting waiting for my car oil to be changed. There are just certain things that I don't enjoy and waiting is one of them. But here's what you have to understand. There are times in our life where we have to wait on God. And waiting on God is not easy. But if you want to know how God is moving, you have to be willing to slow down, to wait, and trust Him in the process. And when we slow down and wait, His plans become so much more clear. And oftentimes, maybe when God's plan isn't very clear to you, His presence in those moments alone is enough. So while we want to hit the gas and we want to fast forward through these experiences, let's slow down and let's just see what God is speaking to us about. See what He's teaching us and what we might learn in this process. Now, Scripture is filled with verses about waiting. Here are a few of my favorites. Psalm 27 and 14 says, Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. We had to be reminded twice in that one verse. Isaiah 30 and 18 says, Yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you. Therefore, He will rise up to you to show compassion. For the Lord God is a God of justice. Blessed are all who wait for him. Here's another powerful verse, Isaiah 40, 29 through 31. It says, He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youth grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. I love this word picture. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and they will not be faint. God gives us strength in those moments where we are waiting, even at the DMV. So we've got to make sure that we know God is moving even when it doesn't feel like it. Here's the second thing. Honesty with God is spiritually healthy. Do you realize that God can handle your doubt God can handle your fear. He can even handle your frustration and your anger. In fact, Psalm 139 says this, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See, I, I'm going to have anxious thoughts. What I do with those thoughts is what's important. And the verse continues, See if there be any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. So in the middle of my anxiousness, God, lead me, guide me, help me today. Make sure that my steps honor you, my steps trust you, that I recognize that, that, that the steps of the righteous are ordered by God. It's putting my trust in Him every single day. And here's a third thing we've got to do. Figure out where you will get your water. Figure out what's going to give you life, what's going to replenish you. Now, let's talk about where you're not going to get it. Working harder, just putting your head down and just getting it done. 
that's not going to fill your tank, okay? Second thing, trying to gain approval from all of these people in your life, it's only going to suck the life out of you, not give you more. Seeking after more money and letting money be your goal and the end-all, be-all, let it be your God. Chasing after the Benjamins, it's not going to give you life. More success and accolades, it's not going to happen. These unhealthy diversions that we take, these vices that we have, the way we self-medicate, it's not going to give you life. It's only going to suck more of it out of you. But God has made room for your thirst to be refreshed, your soul to be satisfied, and your weariness to be lifted in ways that are positive. Things like friendships and relationships. We say it at North Park all the time. Life change happens. Finish it right at your home, right here. Finish the sentence with me. Life change happens in the context of meaningful relationships. Those relationships are so important, and God has given us the gift of relationships to pour life back into us. The joy of laughter. Now, I know I get a lot of eye rolls when I tell a dad joke from time to time, but why do I do that? Because I want to make somebody laugh. I want to laugh. My kids may roll their eyes when I put a camera in front of their face and you think they don't like it. We all get a good laugh out of that. But laughter does the heart good like medicine. So find ways to enjoy the things of your life and laugh. I remember the first time I went to my counselor and he asked me, what is the goal of this counseling session for you? And this was my response, and it's a weird response. I said, I want to throw my head back and laugh again to the point where it hurts because it's been a long time since I've laughed. And I said, and I also want to walk down the street and I want to whistle again for no reason. See, I knew something was missing in my life because I was, I was missing out on the opportunity to laugh and enjoy life. I was missing out on the opportunity to just whistle a good tune just because I could. And many of us are missing out on some really important things of life and we don't even realize how much life is sucking those important things out of us. Friendships, laughter, maybe the pleasure of a hobby that you enjoy. Maybe it's time for physical rest. I have a shirt that says, I want to be like Jesus. Jesus took naps. Sometimes the most spiritual thing that you can do is close your eyes and rest. Your body, your mind, your soul needs rest. And then finally, just the satisfaction of learning and growing and doing new things and learning new ideas. Now, none of these things can meet your deepest spiritual need, like having a relationship with God Himself. Don't miss out on all that the presence of God has to offer you when you're walking in relationship with Jesus. We need to make spiritual deposits in our life every single day. Here's a fourth thing. Limit the voices that are speaking into your life. Whether we like it or not, the media is killing us, y'all. Social media, it is draining us. Every time we pick up our phone, it's fueling division and, and it's fueling our own anxious thoughts. Miles McPherson, who wrote the book, The Third Option, he wrote this. He said, here's a better way to approach media consumption. Ask yourself if what you're watching or listening to, does it help 
or does it hinder your ability to love your neighbor? I would take that a step further and say, does it, does it help you or hinder you to think positive? Does it help you or hinder you to put your trust in God? He says, does it make you feel more justified in your biases? Or does it foster a sense of compassion in your heart? We have to guard our heart. Isn't that what the Bible says? Above all else, guard your heart. Why? For it is the wellspring of life. If we're just allowing all of these things into our mind and we're filling our heart with all of these things that we consume, it's no wonder that we feel hopeless because everything that we watch, read, and listen to is hopeless. Let's make sure that we're filling our mind with God's Word and with good things. And that's the fifth thing. Deepen your spiritual roots. Matthew 6 and 33 is it's kind of a life verse for me. But it says, Seek first the kingdom of God, and His righteousness, and all these things would be added to us. If you feel like you are just drained, if you feel like Elijah and you say, I have had enough, know God is moving, even if it's hard to see. Be honest with God. It's spiritually healthy. Figure out the things that give you water. Limit the voices speaking into your life and deepen your spiritual roots. Now, you know there's not many messages that I preach that I don't take you back to Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. And there is no way in the world that I can preach a message on stress, anxiety, and depression and not take you back to Philippians 4, 6, and 7. But I'm actually going to go a little bit before verse 6 and start with verse 4. This is what Paul says. He says, always be full of joy. I love what one translation says. Rejoice. Let me say it again. Rejoice. That's what it says. And then verse 5 says, let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. In other words, you don't have to be without hope. You don't have to be hopeless. Jesus is coming back again soon. And then verse 6, there it is. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. And then here's the result. Here's the blessing that comes from following God's Scripture that we can apply to every situation in our life. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you that in the middle of some of the most trying times that we've ever experienced, that we rest in the assurance that you were there None of this catches you off guard. Lord, you see the beginning, you see the end, and you are with us through it all. And I pray if there's someone that's watching this today, listening to this today, that they don't have a personal relationship with you. They don't know you in that way. Lord, I pray that they would pray in the privacy of their devotion, Lord Jesus, I invite you into my heart. I confess that I'm a sinner and I need your grace. And I ask that you wash me you cleanse me and you set me free. 
God, I pray that you would help us to gravitate toward the things of our life that just give us life and that refresh us. And if there's someone today that they just feel like they've had enough, Lord, that they would feel the warm embrace of your spirit today, the loving embrace. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for joining us today and inviting us into your home for this online worship experience. You literally made our day when you logged on today. If this is your first experience at North Park, we want to learn more about you. So why don't you just go to northparkrdu.com and hit the digital connect card. Also, we would love the opportunity to join with you and pray about anything that you need in your life. We have a, a button on our website where you can request prayer. And we commit that we will pray bold prayer over your life simply because we believe bold prayer honors God and God honors bold prayer. If you would like to invest today in the mission to build lifelong followers of Jesus, we also invite you to hit that online giving button on our website. And we thank you for your continued generosity. Um, even in a pandemic, our church family has continued to be faithful with what God has placed in our hands to invest in the mission to build lifelong followers of Jesus. And it means more than you will ever know. So thank you for your generosity. You are an amazing church family. I'm so thankful for our leadership team, our staff, our life group leaders, our volunteers. You are the heartbeat of North Park Church. Teamwork really does make the dream work. And I can't wait to see you in those red t-shirts at Riverbend Middle School very soon when we get the opportunity to worship together again face to face.